Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. More explicit nature than we would encounter, let's say, in your local grocery store. And this also included such things as, let's say, detective magazines and uh, more hard Those that involve violence. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, I, I, and this is something I think I want to emphasize is the, 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 the most damaging uh, uh, kinds of pornography. And my, again, I'm talking from personal experience. Uh, hard, real, personal experience. The most damaging kinds of pornography are those that involve violence and, and sexual violence. Because the wedding of those two forces, as, as I am know only too well, brings about behavior that is just, uh, mm. is just uh, too terrible to describe. Now walk me through that. What was going on in your mind at that time? Okay, before we go any further, I think I mean, it's important to me uh, that people that people believe what I'm saying to tell you that that I'm not blaming pornography and not saying that it caused me to go out and do certain things that I take full responsibility for whatever I've done and all the things that I've done that's not the question here the question and, and, and the issue is how this kind of literature contributed and helped mold and, and shape the kinds of violent behavior it fueled your fantasies well in in the beginning, it fuels this kind of thought process. Then, it, at a certain time, it's instrumental in what I would say crystallizing it, making it, making it into something which is almost an, like a separate entity inside. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to The Demon Inside. I am your host, John Venom. And today, we are going to be talking about the Demon Inside, Ted Bundy. Now, you're listening to the voice of Ted Bundy, and he's being uh, interviewed a day before his execution. And you can find this on YouTube, but I wanted to bring it to you and talk it through because you just heard him say that watching pornography and doing what he was doing, basically the pornography uh, escalated it and turned it and kept going and he doesn't blame the pornography but he's saying this is how a demon got inside of him because he says he feels like it's an entity now sometimes we don't think that that's what it means when they say it's an entity of course not nobody believes that demons are real except for us my demon insiders and 
you know, we have to look at it at face value. When he says it's a entity, then I believe he's talking about the demon inside without trying to make himself sound crazy to everybody else. Because even this reporter that's talking to him is a Christian reporter. And this guy, being Christian, you would think that he would believe in demons, but Ted Bundy already knows that he doesn't. So and that let's in, continue. At that point, you're at the verge, or I was at the verge of acting out on this on this kind of these kinds of things. Now, I really want to understand that you had gone about as far as you could go in your own fantasy life mm-hmm. with printed material, and you made or printed and video or film Fo- or film magazines, yeah. what have you. Yeah. And and then there was the urge to take that little step or big step over to a physical right. uh, event. And it happens, it, it happened in stages, gradually. It doesn't necessarily, not to me at least, happen overnight. My experience with, I say pornography generally, but with pornography that deals on a violent level with sexuality, um, is that once you become addicted to it, and I look at this as a kind of addiction, uh, like other kinds of addiction, of addiction, you keep, I would keep looking for more potent, more explicit, yeah, more graphic kinds of material. Like an addiction, you keep craving something which is harder, harder, something which which gives you a greater uh, sense of, of, of uh, excitement. Until you reach the point where the pornography only goes so far. You reach that jumping off point where you begin to wonder if, if maybe actually doing it will give you that which is beyond just reading about it or looking at it. So, my demon insiders, I'm going to tell you straight out what this is. And for some of you, this is going to be a little bit graphic because it's in a sexual nature. Because he is talking about pornography and how that jumped from pornography to killing people. And so, what happens is... A lot of people start watching softcore porn. You know, when when we were kids, when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have softcore porn on TV. We had like Cinemax. And the majority of the time, you know, it was covered by your parents so you can really see it. So we would end up having to get magazines or whatever from the stores and things like that. Okay, so in reality, we all masturbate or not all but you know what i'm saying and there comes a time with some certain people that you don't get the excitement anymore that you were getting when you first started so what they do is they start ribbing it up so they go from pornography in magazines to pornography on tv they go from soft porn to, let's say, you know, a little bit harder, a little bit harder, BDSM. And before you know it, it's kind of like you have to watch something harder so that you can get excited. But then there comes a time when you can't get excited anymore and you want to do the real thing. And that's what Ted Bundy is talking about. Let's continue. How long did you stay at that point before you actually assaulted someone? Well, yeah, you see... That is a very delicate point in my own development. And we're talking about something, we're talking about having reached the point or 
a, a gray area that surrounded that point over a course of years. You don't remember years. how long that was? Well, I, I would say, I would say a couple of years. And what was I was dealing with there were very strong inhibitions against criminal behavior, violent behavior that had been conditioned into me, bred into me in my environment, in my neighborhood, in my church, uh, in my school. Um, things which said, no, this is wrong. I mean, this, even to think of it is wrong, but it, certainly to do it is wrong. And you're on, well, I'm on that edge in these, the last, the, the, you might say, the last vestiges of restraint. Uh, the barriers to actually doing something were being tested constantly and assault, uh, assailed um, through the kind of fantasy life that was fueled largely by pornography. So basically what he's saying here is when he was younger, you know, church, uh, school, society in general, they would have said that his thoughts were wrong, that he shouldn't be thinking about sex the way he does. And this is, you got to think about this. This was a teenage Ted Bundy, probably 12, probably 10, maybe 11. I mean, depending on when he started getting uh, interested in sex. And when you get interested in sex at a young age, you want to talk about it, but you're scared to because everybody is telling you no. So this was something that was hidden from society by Ted Bundy because in society it's wrong. We don't know what we knew, what we know today. We didn't know back then, you know, that it's good to talk about sex. It's good to open up. It's good to, you know, let your feelings out. But back then, keeping a secret is one way to get a demon. Looking at pornography is another way to get a demon. The addiction is another way to get a demon. You're looking at three possibilities for a demon to get inside of him. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for a way in. And these lower demons, once they get into you, they can invite bigger demons, such as lust, rage, murder. And this is what Ted Bundy went through. Now, I'm not saying that it's an excuse for him to kill, but this is the way I think it generally goes. Do you remember well, the decision to go for it? Do you remember where you decided to throw caution to the wind? Again, when you say pushed, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. I don't want to infer yes, again. I, that, I understand that. That, that I was that, that, that I was clear. some helpless yeah. kind of a victim, and yet. Uh, we're talking about an influence which that is the influence of violent types of media and violent pornography which had an was an indispensable link in the chain of behavior the chain of events that led to the behaviors to the to the assaults to the murders and what and what have you <laughs> it's a it's a very difficult thing to describe uh, me, uh, the the sensation, of the the of of reaching that point where you, where I knew that it was like something had say snapped that I knew that uh, that I couldn't control it anymore that these barriers that that I had had been uh, I had learned as a child uh, 
that had been instilled in me were not enough to hold me back with respect to seeking out and, and harming somebody. Would it be accurate to call that a, a, a frenzy, a sexual frenzy? Well, yes, it, that's one way to describe it. A compulsion, a, a, a building up of, of this destructive energy. Uh, again, uh, I, uh, another factor here that I haven't mentioned is the use of alcohol. But I think that what alcohol did, uh, in conjunction with, let's say, my exposure to pornography, was alcohol reduced my inhibitions at the same time. Um, the, the, the fantasy life that was fueled by pornography uh, eroded them further. In the early days, you were nearly always about half drunk when you did these things. Is that right? Yes. So let's go back to what he was talking about. He doesn't want to say that the demon got inside of him. He's trying to take responsibility for everything because at this point, the demon and him are pretty much one. And if you watch this video, which I suggest you do, there's a point in there where you could see the demon come out for a second. And I think at this point, the demon really doesn't have control over Ted Bundy. Bundy has control over the demon because he actually found God in prison, as many do. And I know a lot of times that people in prison say they found God, Jesus Christ and God. And they don't mean it only because they want people to believe that they're turning for the better. But I do believe that Ted Bundy actually found God in prison. And he talks about it a little bit later. But... When he starts talking about the alcohol, that he's drinking alcohol, well, we know, Demon Insiders, that alcohol, drugs, they lower your inhibitions. In other words, they don't, they lower your guard against evil. And when that happens, the demons take over completely. You could be passed out and the demons will still do what they want with your body. Don't think for a minute that you're in control when you're drunk or when you're drugged. These demons are ruthless and they'll make you to the point where, and we've heard it before, I don't remember. Well, that's because the demon took over. You know, everybody thinks it's your subconscious, but your subconscious necessarily doesn't want you to kill. The demon does. And that's what they do. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Demon Inside. Let's continue. Was that always true? I, I would say that that was generally the case, yeah. almost with, with, without a sense. All right, if I can understand it now, there's this battle going on within. There are the conventions that you've been taught. There's the right and wrong that you learned as a child. Mm -hmm. And then there is this, this uh, unbridled passion uh, fueled by uh, your plunge into hardcore violent pornography. And those things are at war with each other. Yes. And then with the uh, alcohol diminishing the, uh, the inhibitions, uh, you let go. Well... Yes, and to you can summarize it that way, and that's accurate, certainly. And it, it just occurred to me that some people would 
would say that, well, I, I've seen that stuff and it doesn't do anything to me. And I can understand that. I don't, virtually everyone uh, can be exposed to so-called pornography and while they're aroused to it to one degree or another and not go out and do anything wrong. Now, the addictions are like that. They affect some yeah. people more than they affect others. Well, but there is a percentage of people affected by hardcore pornography in a very violent way, and you're obviously one of them. That was a major component, and I don't know why I was vulnerable to it. All I know is that, uh, that, it, uh, that it had an, an impact on me uh, that was just so uh, central to the development of the violent behavior that I engaged in. So he talks about unbridled passion, and for me, the unbridled passion that he's talking about is a demon. And because it extends, it's, it basically makes it feel more and more and more, and you need it and you want it and you crave it, and that's the demon making you want that. And because Ted Bundy says not everybody does what he did and they've watched all this porn and stuff. Yeah, because they haven't had a run in with a demon and Bundy, Bundy did and he accepted it. I mean, it might not have been on the way everybody thinks, but somewhere he did. Ted, after you committed your first murder, what was the emotional effect on you? What happened in the days after that? Well, again, this, please understand that, that even all these years later, it's very difficult to, to talk about it. And, and, and reliving it through talking about it uh, is, is uh, difficult to say the least, but I want you to understand what happened. It was like coming out of some kind of horrible trance or, or dream. Um, I can only liken it to after, you know, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but to have been possessed by something so awful and so alien, and then the next morning wake up from it, remember what happened, and realize that basically, I mean, in, in the eyes of the law, certainly in the eyes of God, you're responsible to, have, to wake up in the morning and, and realize what I had done. And with a clear mind and all my essential moral and ethical feelings intact at that moment uh, uh, absolutely horrified that I was capable of doing something like that you really hadn't known that before uh, there is just absolutely no way to describe first the brutal urge to do that kind of thing and then what happens is once it it has been more or less satisfied and recedes you might say or spent that that sense that kind of energy level recedes and basically i became my myself again I, and i want people to understand this too and i'm not saying this gratuitously because it's important people understand this that basically i was a normal person uh, I, I wasn't uh, some guy hanging out uh, at bars or a bum, or um, I wasn't a pervert in the sense that, you know, people look at somebody and say, I know there's something wrong with him and just tell. I mean, I, 
I was essentially a normal person. I had good friends. I, I, uh, I led a normal life, except for this one small but very potent and very destructive segment of it that I kept very secret and very close to myself and didn't let, let anybody know about it. And part of the shock and horror for my dear friends and family when, years ago when I was first arrested was that they just, there was no clue. They looked at me and they looked at the, you know, the, um, the all-American boy. And I'm, uh, I mean, I wasn't perfect, but it was, it, I want to be quite candid with you. I was, yeah. I was okay. Okay. Uh, I was. And the basic humanity and, and basic spirit that God gave me was intact, but it unfortunately became overwhelmed at times. And I think people need to recognize that it's not some kind of... The, 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 those of us who are who have been so much influenced by violence in the media, in particular pornographic violence, are not some kinds of inherent monsters. We are your sons and we are your husbands. And we grew up in regular families. And pornography can reach out and snatch a kid out of any house today. He, he snatched me out of my home. It snatched me out of the, my home. 20, 30 years ago. So this part of the uh, interview is very important because he says that he was, he felt like something took over him, something alien, something. He wants to say that a demon took over him, but again, he doesn't. And let me tell you why, because the demon is inside of him and the demon is not allowing him to say, because the demon doesn't want people to know that he's real. Because if they know that he's real, he can be exercised. If he can be exercised, then everybody can do it. And everybody's going to know who he is. So he continues on to talk about how he's a normal person. But after he does these things, he doesn't remember. And we've heard that time and time again. And he, like I said, he goes on to talk about how he's normal. Well, let me tell you why he's normal during the day. And he's got his morals and he's got his education and everything. That's because the demon has already fulfilled what he wanted. He's already energized himself with all that hatred, all that killing. He's already done everything to express himself through Ted Bundy. And which it was the murders and him and Ted Bundy were doing this together because Bundy accepted him and Bundy was in lust. And as he talks about him, Bundy actually names the demon and the name of the demon is pornography. He says pornography came and got me. Pornography started at an early age. So if you start looking at pornography as a name of a demon, then this is going to push you into thinking or knowing that this demon is named pornography. Listen to this. You really feel that hardcore pornography and the doorway to it, softcore pornography, is doing untold damage to other people and causing other women to be abused and killed the way you did others. Listen. I'm no social scientist, and I haven't done a survey. I mean, I, I don't pretend that I know what John Q. Citizen thinks about this. <clears throat> but I've lived in prison for a long time now. And I've met a lot of men who were motivated to commit violence just like me. And without exception, every one of them 
was deeply involved in pornography without question, without exception, deeply influenced and consumed by an addiction to pornography. There's no question about it. The FBI's own study on serial homicide shows that the most common interest among serial killers is pornography. That's true. So could a demon named pornography get into all these people and commit these crimes? Yeah, it's possible. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time. If I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Keith.